Hey there, can you hear me all right? I can, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm not bad, I love the blurred background. It looks very, it looks so much better <laughs> than most other people's background. You're like very clear. Usually you get like half a neck missing or stuff like that. Yeah, I have no idea why mine looks the way it does, but I'm here for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I'm set. I like why that it's uh, it struck me. I, I've tried to do that so many times, and it's always been horrific. Yeah, uh, I'm, actually, I'm actually looking for like my blur shit now to see if it is. It's just <laughs> see me. if it can match. Let's see. Yeah, I have. Let's see. I don't even know. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't. I don't actually remember how I even put this thing on. <laughs> I know. Like I'm trying I... to find it now. I'm trying to find yeah. it now for me. I'm sure at like one point during the pandemic for classes or something, I had to yeah, figure it yeah, out yeah. and I just was too lazy to change it. But yeah, I can't even find it. Um, oh, well, well, good for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, how are you doing? You're over in your, your specific time zone, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, nice. we're getting towards the end of the day. Um, I, uh, I talked to Ben Dantowitz actually earlier today for a couple of hours um just about uh this project that i'm doing um and just around net in general kind of it, it was like i think we were supposed to talk about the project and then we both just got super invested in like other topics about the sport um so it just kind of like on. a conversation with ben for sure yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um and then if you know uh trevor barbosa mm -hmm. yep yeah so after this i'm gonna go drive down to his place we're gonna go bowling so yeah just a fun nice. fun day over here Nice, nice. Okay, I'm guess where where exactly are you based in California then? Yeah, so I'm in LA. Um, I'm like a little east in Pasadena, if you know where that is. Um, but okay. then he, he's down in Orange County, so it's probably about a good 40, 45 minute drive for me to to get down there. But okay. not much in the grand schemes of California. Oh yeah, no, that's that's nothing yeah. in California. That's like halfway oh. to the beach, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Um. Well, I guess uh, I have so many questions, right? Um, yeah, sure. So so I'll, I'll tell you first of all how it piqued my interest. And I sort of sent you some voice messages before, but I think it'd be nice to revisit it. Um, yeah. So I've been speaking with a few people, friends of mine for a while now, um, and speaking to like Thomas Hamilton, some other like, you know, top players and seeing what they thought. Sure. And um, my, my thoughts was... <laughs> This all stemmed from so many things. I'll, I'll, I'll say some of those things. So one of them was, I've, I've been speaking with Preston a lot, right, on the unknown depth around there. And Preston said they did a lot of testing during uh, their Spike house, like two, three years ago. Uh, they gave Spike Ball a lot of data uh, to then try and be used to create a new set. Um, he believes that not so much of that data was used, right? Um, I've, you know, had conversations with Skylar very recently on the last episode of that Roundit podcast where we, we alongside of discussing, you know, his educational stuff and stuff for Spike, but we also discussed the mammoth set, how it came about and what he was doing with it and the plans and the, the, what, the thinking that went into it. But fundamentally, right, I think we all sort of agree in Roundnet that it's not very watchable and not very entertaining, especially if you have no personal connection to... Yeah. The, the 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 athlete and that but if a sport doesn't have that it's going to really struggle to grow because no one's going to invest right. the time in suddenly just getting really you know getting to know thomas hamilton or getting to ryan marino on the side right um so then i saw your post and i was like this is crazy because the exact same day i saw your post i said to um ben savage and adam uh adam porter who both live in jacksonville here with me in florida 
and I said, guys, like we we practiced, we done some drills, and then uh, we had Zach Bender also with us um, because he's back for Thanksgiving. But anyway, um, we was we was playing and we was drilling, and it was it was fun. We was having a good time. And then after we drilled, we played pickup, and we played four games of pickup, and we must have had about six to ten rallies. Yeah, you know, either the serve receive was so bad, ball didn't go up, or the you know the serve receive was so good that it was an easy side out. Um, and yeah. yeah, of course, you know, defense and all these other things could be better, but still, it, it was generally pretty boring. And I said to the guys after, I said, guys, would you be interested in doing like a YouTube series? Because I've been thinking on this line for a while now. I said, would you be interested in doing a YouTube series doing a uh, one episode testing a new thing. So one episode would be with a rally ball and a spike ball set. You know, one would be a Revo set, one would be a mammoth set, one would be with a taller net, one would be with a 32-inch diameter net, because I know Premier Spike made them and they gave me one. Um mm-hmm. and then I saw your post in the afternoon. I was like, I gotta <laughs> speak with this. I've got to speak with you. So I'd love to also I was like, where yeah. did it come from from you? So that was all sort of my background of thinking like, oh, this is gonna be this would be a cool idea. And then I saw your post and yeah, tell me, tell me about it. Yeah, so I guess it came from a couple of places. I, I think I didn't have like one, you know, pickup where all of a sudden I had like this light bulb idea of like, oh, I've got to, you know, figure out how to make the sport more fun, right? Like that. But I think uh, for me, I've been playing round net since 2017. Um, and so, you know, kind of like when people were just figuring out cut serves and like, you know, all of that stuff, uh, when we still had beach tournaments, you know, all of that kind of fun stuff. And so I think, um, just kind of seeing how the sport has progressed, um, from that point in time until now, um, I think that was kind of one of the factors is just having seen like how the sport has grown. That was one part of it. The other part of it um, was, like I said in my post, I was actually just showing one of my friends um, Rogue versus Spotlist in um, whichever major that was earlier this year. And he was just like, man, this is really boring uh, for him. And <laughs> yeah. and I was like, you know, I, I can understand. Well, I can understand that, right? I think that um, a lot of the discussion in the community um, like can, can tend to kind of be like, oh, like it's really boring and like it sucks like 100% of the time. And then like on the other side of it, people like, no, like I actually love how it like is now and people just need to be more into round net. And like, I don't think it's like this, like, I don't think it should be as divisive um, as it is. Mm-hmm. I think um, part of my kind of goal with this project is, um, you know, I think ultimately the issue is like offense is just too easy. Um, and when offense is too easy, right, when you want to get breaks, I think, you know, you probably know, and a lot of people who look into this know, right, it's just easier to get breaks on serving than it is on defense. Um, and so ultimately, my goal with this project is to kind of find some kind of variation, um, whether that's with new equipment or, um, you know, different rules where, um, serving and defense kind of have a similar rate or a similar opportunity to create a break. Um, that because right now I think it's just serving has such like, like it's just, you have such a greater chance of getting a break on serving than you do on defense. And so for me, it's more about bringing it back into a better balance. Um, and so that's kind of where my head is at with what I'm looking to kind of test and, and sort out. Um, but yeah, in terms of, I guess to your question, how did it come about? It was mostly this conversation with my friend. Um, he's an entrepreneur um, and he was just like, oh, you know, I think it'd be really cool if you came up with different ways to play play this sport. 
um, and then just kind of see what happens with it. So I did that. And then um, I got pretty caught up in school and didn't really circle back to it. And then um, I was talking to one of my coworkers um, about it. And she was like, dude, you should actually like really do that. Um, That sounds like a really cool project. And she kind of pushed me to go ahead and uh, get the ball rolling. So um, can I ask what you do? What line of work you do? Yeah. So currently I work at a physical therapy clinic. Uh, I'm just a physical therapy aide at the moment, but I'm trying to go to PT school. Uh, so I'm taking like prereqs and that kind of stuff to uh, become a physical therapist. Hmm. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so carry on. You, so she told you that like, yeah, you should pursue this. Yeah. She was just like, Hey, like, you know, that's a really cool project a, uh, but B she was just like, that'll look really good on an application for your PT schools and whatnot. Um, and so that kind of is what pushed me to do it. But then it's also just a matter of like, you know, I, I've just invested a lot of time in growing, um, the community where I can, um, right. Like when I started in 2017 college round net didn't exist yet. Like there was not a, you know, USC didn't play UCLA in, in college games, you know, anything like that. Um, and, um, I started up, um, USC spike ball club there and kind of built it up to where it's at. And so, um, and I've gotten to help, uh, Josh frag a lot with the California community. And I think time and time again, um, I find myself sometimes frustrated with the sport, but always coming back for the community. Um, and so I think that's the other part of it is I have had such a good experience with the community, um, that I kind of want to continue to grow the sport so that other people can have that similar experience of, um, you know, just feeling like they're part of something. Um, so that's kind of, there's, there's a lot of different variables as to Mm -hmm. like why I'm really going into it, but that those are a few of them. So to, to strip back and to question some of your thoughts earlier, when you said that you wanted to try and get defense and serving of equal opportunity. Now, that builds a huge discussion, right? In yeah. regards to some people will say, we'll just get better at defense. Like we, as athletes, and it's very true that we've all put in more hours in hitting, setting and serving than we have put in serve, receiving defense. Also, because it's easier to train those skills and you can do them alone versus serve, receive is quite tough to do alone. And so is defense and you're doing it with another person. However, um, it would be, I know the devil's advocate would say, but Tucker, you know, somebody can just, get better at defense and get better at service even then what's the issue sure um what i would say is uh you know there's always going to be that argument of just like oh well if people were better then this wouldn't be an issue but um i think where we're currently at i think it is an issue um and i don't think that there's really i guess i guess ultimately i think that there's a fundamental issue which is when you have 360 degrees to cover between two players uh, and you have like an unlimited distance that people can hit and an unlimited range to how high people can hit, you're mm-hmm. asking to cover an amount of space on defense that is just, you're asking a near impossible task, right? Like we can do a lot of things to, um, 
you know, make defense easier, give ourselves a better opportunity on defense. And right now, I think that's kind of one of the main ways that defense is played, right? Okay, take away the hardest, or excuse me, take away the easiest shots to try and make them hit the hardest one and hope they mess up, right? But then most of the time they don't because you're talking about athletes who have trained uh, in this, right? And so um, I just think it's like an inherent issue with the fact that it is a 360 degree sport with no restrictions um, on where you can hit aside from the no hit zone, um, at least in its current state, um, which has, you know, obviously helps defense, but as we've seen over the last couple of years um, and how it's developed, how much better hitting has gotten. um, I I think that it's not enough in my, that's just, that's just an opinion though. You know, I I, I understand that's it's, it's, it's a subjective opinion. Yeah, that is shared amongst a huge majority of the community and backed up by objective statistics that show you that the sport is not that interesting to watch for a uh, non-round net enthusiast. Uh, That's the key. That's the key. That 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 objectively, it's it's not interesting for a non-round net enthusiast. And if we want the sport to grow and become somewhat like you know either pickleball or disc golf, other niche sports that have really broke through in the last few years, it does need to attract that wider audience and not just the round enthusiast. Um so to build then more on from your point, um now would now <laughs> this is the question also is the million dollar question. What percentage do you see the sport being very attractive to the outside public, the non-round enthusiast, in regards to 30% rallies, 20% side outs, 20% aces, 30% yeah. double faults. Because right now, again, I don't have the stats, and maybe that's poor of me that I, I should have this, especially if this doesn't be, be an episode. But, you know, it's like, let's be honest, if we could go off the top of our heads, we'd say 50% or either 60% or either aces or double faults, 30% of side outs, 10% of rallies, and that's probably about the mate the the breakdown you have of a pro game right now at the top. Sure. Um, so I also don't have the answer off the top of my head in terms of like, okay, what right? I, I was having this conversation with Ben earlier today, right? Which is um a much bigger discussion, right? Which is what makes a sport interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. even if you think about sport like baseball, for instance, like I personally love baseball, I love watching it, but uh, you know there's plenty and plenty of people who would give the opinion that it's objectively boring to watch because nothing is happening 80% of the time. I mean, it's a totally different thing though. It's like an established sport, hundreds of years of history, totally different thing. Right. But, but if we want to kind of get a bigger audience, we actually need to, you know, have something, we need to have some kind of product that actually, you know, attracts new people to it. You need something that uh, gets people's eyes. And, um, I, I, I mean, I think this is a commonly shared opinion. I don't know that it's a commonly shared opinion, but I think it's the rallies that 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 are the most attractive part of the sport. Um, and one of the I things think I think that's objectively quite I think that's objectively true if you look at the numbers of the most watched spike ball reels or reels in general for the sport. Rallies get the most views. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I believe that. I just know that there's definitely people who will sit there and say, like, oh, uh, so I enjoy watching serving. And so even if, ob- yeah, ob- you know what I'm saying. they wouldn't stand up in court. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, but uh, anyway. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're on the same page. Um, the point being, um, 
this discussion with Ben was really interesting because we were talking about, well, watchability, right? There's so much that goes into that, right? Gameplay is only a portion of that, right? Um, and it's actually a much bigger discussion, right? Like, um, you know, we were talking about like, okay, what stakes are involved? Do you have a connection to the people who are playing? Um, and then also, is it like entertaining to actually watch? Like those are huge things. And, you know, just things like, production quality and all of all of that kind of stuff and so in terms of how watchable it is it's not a straightforward like oh if we have more rallies like we'll automatically fix the issue of watch of watchability but in terms of my project uh you know i i have to have a limited scope on this because if i start trying to fix mm-hmm. you know every single issue in in the sport then we're we're going to be here for the next, you know, 15 years. So, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. yeah, I think, um, yeah. So anyways, all that to say when it comes to watchability, um, I, I, I think trying to find just a better balance. One of the things, um, that I always think about, um, is one of my uncles, um, a while back, he said he hates watching NFL pro, uh, football games, but he loves watching college football. And he made the point, he was just like, there's more errors made in college football. There's more unpredictability. There's more excitement um, because of uh, more or less the unpredictability, right? When you perfect every single like aspect of a game, um, it becomes predictable. Outcomes become predictable. Um, and then it can get boring because of that, right? Um, in the same way that if we know that it's going to be a one, two, three, an ace or a double fault. I don't know. Let's say 70% of time, whatever the data is on it right now. Right. Um, if you know the outcome of the point that, you know, that percentage of the time, it's not going to be all that entertaining. And so I think trying to have um, a more balanced kind of outcome is, is the, is the goal. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't have a set, a set, statistical outline of how you would like it to potentially look on paper you just have you're just trying to move in the direction of at least lessen the double faults lessen the aces and get more rallies and and that's it and then see where we go from there uh correct so part of it is um just my background i don't have a background in data in statistics anything like that um and when i was talking to ben today uh, that was one of the things that came up is i was like i kind of i want to sit down and talk to um somebody who kind of specializes in that field and kind of talk to them a little bit about uh, this kind of stuff to see if like there is like you know an objective kind of number that i should be targeting right versus that's um, also subjective in regards to that number would be subject so very subjective like a number you should be targeting because all sports are different, like volleyball and beach volleyball, uh, you know, table tennis. Correct. And but who, even who's to decide what who's to decide what the correct statistics are for around that. And also what is entertaining to different audiences, because I think that's um that's another thing, right? Like one of the things I am probably gonna do is I'm gonna put out a survey um and get right both round net people and non-round net people to kind of watch gameplay and some of it's going to be pro level gameplay um right pro level gameplay with a lot of one two three putaways double faults aces whatever um and then some like advanced players playing the sport um and then pro players where there's a lot of rallies right and kind of see what people's thoughts are on those three individual games right because i think that non-round net you know, athletes, 
um, or just people who are watching will see an advanced game and will be like, oh, these people actually look really athletic. Like it's really, you know, fun to watch this and see them get the ball back on the net versus, you know, a high level round net player is going to look at the same thing and be disgusted. Right. And they're gonna be like, oh, that footwork, you know, whatever. So um, I think what's entertaining is also subjective. And so trying to figure out um, a balance of, uh, you know, what, is entertaining to both kind of audiences. Um, it, that's going to be part of uh, this puzzle as well. Um, I think the other thing I do want to put out there is in terms of um, where I'm at with this project, I think right now I have a lot of ideas of different uh, things that I want to test. Um, I have a fairly basic idea of how I want to go about my testing process with it. Um, and then Outside of that, I definitely need to sit down and kind of have a better uh, have a better plan with um, the data management um, aspects of it for sure. Um, and so, I just want to be transparent about where I'm at mm-hmm. with it. Do you do you know? Do you heard of Roundnet stats right when they yeah. came on the scene? Do you know the people behind that? I don't know off the top of my head. I don't know. I'd be wondering if they'd be interested in getting involved. Yeah, I don't know um, who was behind that off the top of my head. I do know um, that I, I don't know if uh, this is the same group or if raw stats was a different thing with uh, with Logan Cornelius and kind of the thing that they set up with um, doing some data um, collection there. Um, but I I have talked to Logan. Um, I talked to Logan about a year ago for a school project that I did, um, and. Um, that was really interesting. I was, I had a great conversation with him. Um, probably a good idea for me to reach back out to him and see kind of either what help I can get from him or kind of what his thoughts are. Cause I'm sure he's, um, he and others have thought about this kind of thing. So mm-hmm. then one more question I, I'll put to you. So we sort of both agreed. And I think in general, the majority of the Roundit community and definitely outside the Roundit community agrees that there needs to be more rallies in the sport, especially if we wanted to see it, you know, fast streamed to, to grow quicker. Um, however, with rallies, you also need that certain level of unpredictability and athleticism, because right. if we, for example, you know, make it, you know, so easy, now people, right. there's too many rallies and you know the, the the statistics are too high or just the gameplay isn't as entertaining to watch because it's not as physically or athletically demanding so yeah. yeah what what has been your thoughts so far on the revo set or the mammoth set for example that are in that and out there in the round community sure um i guess there's there's kind of like a couple of products out there right there's the mammoth set there's the revo set and then premier spike is also right the other new set that's out there um I think uh, the Revol, in my opinion, um, I I had a lot of conversations with Charles about a year ago when he was in California um, about it. Um, in my opinion, Revol goes too far in the opposite direction. Um, I think that it kind of oversaturates um, rallies. Um, I also think it takes too much away from serving. Um, and just as a general like aesthetic of the sport... Um, I, I, I just have a hard time. Like it, it looks, I, I, I think I have a problem just with the aesthetic of the way it looks when it's being played, um, on that set. Um, I, 
have a lot of respect for Charles and what he's been doing. And I think he's probably one of the few people in the community who's been really going and testing like a lot of different uh, variables of like a set, right? And um, that kind of thing. And so I have a lot of respect for him, but I think that um, the Revil set probably goes too far in that opposite direction. Um, I think the Mammoth set, I have kind of mixed feelings about. Um, I played on it after the championship in Philly. I played on Sunday on it. Um, and I would say, <clears throat> generally speaking, I think I had more fun playing on it. Um, and I think that the the general aesthetic, um, I think it, uh, just the set itself, not the gameplay, but the set itself, I think looks like a better quality product, right? Than the current, spike ball pro set um but the, i would say like it it felt slow um and i think one of the things um i was talking to kara um about this yesterday is like you know you still want to keep it being relatively fast paced because that's part of what makes you know the touches so impressive and the and the rallies so impressive um and I, I think even though there was more rallies and less aces on the Mammoth set, uh, it was also like sometimes less impressive, um, you know, rallies and that kind of thing. Um, I would say I probably enjoyed playing on the Mammoth set more than I enjoyed um, watching um, gameplay of the Mammoth set when I watched it back. Um, but I generally like what it's trying to accomplish. Um the premier spike set I think is interesting because it's objectively like a much like higher quality product than the spike ball pro set. But I also think it doesn't do anything right. And I don't necessarily think it's trying to do anything in terms of like changing what the sport is. Um, but in my opinion, if anything, it kind of sends it uh, further in uh, the direction that we kind of already don't want it to be in that um, the ball is coming off that net a lot faster than it comes off the spike ball pro set. Um, so you're going to get theoretically, I have no data to back this up. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about that. Like, just of my subjective opinion too. That's fair. I'm not sure it comes off quicker. Uh, maybe if you use the premier spike ball, it's slightly heavier because that um, is there, data on that the ball is heavier. So therefore it could come off quicker i i don't know the, the physics behind sure. but personal experience i don't think it comes off quicker sure and at least when i've played on it here in cali i i think myself and the others i've played with have all like that was one of the first things we noticed was like oh dude like this ball comes off hot off this net um and um but anyways point being mm -hmm. anyway, it's, yeah. it's a it's it's a it's a higher quality product for sure but it doesn't actually change anything about the current game and i don't think it's trying to it's just it was supposed to be a better quality set and that's what it is um so that's those are kind of my thoughts on all of the uh current current products that are that are out there yeah i i i haven't personally played on the mammoth set so i'll like reserve any any gameplay you know thoughts on that because i haven't played just from a spectator viewpoint it, it definitely is slower um but one thing I, you know, I really do enjoy about it is that it sort of does take away the height. It really does yeah. show that 360 sport really is defendable. It really is watchable when right. you take out that, you know, unlimited amount of height factor that somebody can't just chawn it and it goes, you know, 60 yards from right. the net. 
uh, right. even when they're off balance and not set up. But if you are set up in a good position on the moment set, it does look as if you can still do a boom and still do a good boom, but you've got to be set up and the set's got to be a particular way, which is very different to a spiteful set. Right. Um, I think with the mammoth set too, um, a couple of the big criticisms that I personally have heard people um, talk about with it. One, um, people were saying like, oh, drops are OP, right? And the first time you play on that set, you're definitely going to feel like drops are OP. <laughs> um, however, like I found um, from playing an entire tournament on it, by the end of the day, they really didn't actually feel OP at all. Um, they felt quite defendable, uh, to be honest with you. Um and the other thing was people were saying, oh, the ball isn't bouncing off of my hand like the way I want it to. Like, um, And one of the things was at that tournament specifically, um, the the balls that were like fully pumped up um, like to their maximum amount are like they were not correctly inflate, inflated. Like um, if you uh, yeah, I talked to Andrew Gasway about this, like at the tournament, he was like, no, like they should be more deflated than they currently are. And so the balls that actually were properly inflated at that tournament, in my opinion, felt very nice coming off the hand. Um, and they did like pop off your hand versus um, the ones that were not inflated um, correctly. They really did die on your hand. And so um, that's just one, I guess, piece of information that I want to put out there as well um, that I think there's been kind of some discussion about. Yeah. To, to, to quickly go back on your point, I totally agree with all that you said about Revo. The same comments you made about Charles as well. Um, but then now to jump back to the to the mammoth and the ball again. I haven't personally played, and I don't know that that also just brings up more questions than answers in regards to. Okay, well, do we have a standard ball material? Do we have a standardized, you know, inflation? Because yeah. people playing over in it we don't even have a standardized net tension. Like you drop the ball and it comes <laughs> to hit height. Like, come on. Like, you know, people can play in Brazil or Japan and play two different sports in regards to the net tension, the bulb inflation, just those two things. And the sport is completely different. Just yeah. by having those two things very, either completely pumped or at around 80% or the right. net tight as can be, or very, right. very loose. Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, sorry, yeah, not to cut you off here, no. but I'm going to uh, briefly, you know, I think this conversation uh, kind of came up on the uh, the Roundnet community discord, um, you know, just today or yesterday um, about, right, like how far along the sport actually is, right? And I think that, um, I think that sometimes there's a disconnect between um, maybe people who have started more recently, you know, playing more in the last like year or two and gotten super invested in it compared to people who have been playing since pre-pandemic versus people who aren't in the community at all, right? Like, I think that the perspectives on how far along the sport are have changed, but I think, you know, it's things like that where we look at like, okay, there's not actually standardized, um, right? Like net tension and that yeah. kind of thing where it really yeah. makes you like take a step back and have to like acknowledge like, okay, like we're, we're not there. <laughs> right and and it's going to be some time before we are um and that's also why i think that now is a great time to go ahead and be testing all of these types of things because i think that's going to help move the sport uh forward in the future i i i totally agree this is bringing me on nicely to my, my next couple of points and like it's hard right now because we want to standardize things but on the other hand we've sort of agreed that this isn't 
the end product we want or where the sport is. So, so we don't want to standardize everything too early and then make sure and then leave no room for innovation or for, for, for new sets or new rules to be, be created. So it, we're, it's a real tough balance that we're yeah. we're doing right now and it's important and again another reason why i love the project and 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 the post you put out because it, it hopefully just makes people think a little bit more like you know damn i, I could still influence like what this sport was like in 30 years time or, or you know i could even just find something that's more interesting to play like you know you said earlier that revolt oversaturates that certain type of you know rallies and and it's not as aesthetically pleasing but if they didn't oversaturate it and they did make it aesthetically pleasing. They own the market right now. Yeah, I'm very yeah. confident that if you know if people do find like, oh, you know what, twelve inches with a rally ball, Ooh, that's it. You know, or <laughs> yeah, or or they, or you know, they two, two, hey, two just two serves each, and we do it like table tennis serving, and they're like, wow, that just yeah. changes it a lot. Wow, that's it. You know, it's like if, yeah. if 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 so, I'm like I'm a consumer. Like if the, the product that you now release, it interests me more than the current product I have. I'm going to go over to you. That also right. now brings into the discussion, and it'll be interesting to get your take in regards to we are all habits or all creatures of tradition. And if we don't have tradition, we seek tradition. And those who have been in Roundnet for now, what, X amount of years, and yourself, what, six, seven years now? You said 2017? Yeah. So it's like for you and many people of, of that era and even after like they're too attached to what the sport is now they're like no don't change it even changing from six feet to seven feet on the service line called uproar yeah. introducing the no hit zone it's now been hugely beneficial sport uproar soft touch mm, not sure i like it service rule i gotta say service every time now before i serve <laughs> yeah like all these yeah. things massively positive changes to our sport and yet we still in my subjective opinion most of the community is still quite, oh, don't change it. I like the way it is. Even though yeah. it's going to look so different in 10 years time. That's a guarantee. Yeah. Well, I think I think part of that is human nature, right? People like comfort. People, people like to feel like they know what is happening and they're in control and all of that kind of stuff. And that's all completely understandable. Um, however, yeah, it's just like the reality of it is, you know, you really have to take a step back and look at um, the sport and its current kind of place from a larger perspective than just like, you know, how you've played it for the past year. Like it, it's, it, it, you really have to be thinking bigger picture with it. Um, in my opinion, if you, cause it, like, you're not gonna, yeah, it like we're looking for progress. Right. Um, and to move the sport forward in whatever way um, ends up being best for the sport. Right. Um, and so, in, I mean, you just can't do that if you're just, like, you know, a, what's, you know, just objected to change. Like, if you're just like, I don't want that. Like, I mean, what what are we doing? I, <laughs> I, I think in general, people in Europe tend to have mm -hmm. that view a lot more often than those in the US. And I also think that's because the structure of most European countries in regards to NGB, national governing bodies, then clubs. Um, you know, now leagues in some places like Germany and Switzerland, like yep. there's 35 year olds playing, like they see it as their sport. Like, it, whereas in the US, it has more of a feel of, hey, you play it during college. And then just like most things after college, your sporting life is done. Or maybe yep. you go travel for a year or two and you play around it on a high level. And then after a year or two, you're done because you have to get a job or you have kids, you know, or you get a wife right. um, or a husband or whatever the way you want to go. And yeah. the, the point is, is like, I don't think anyone in the US or 
a limited amount of people in the US really look at that bigger picture because they don't see their long-term future within the sport. And I think that's also a slight problem because that's also going to reduce the amount of people who are interested in this sort of thing that we're talking about now. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a slight problem. I'd call it a, a pretty big problem, <laughs> right? I was um, being a nice. I was. I I get slack for, for you know for saying too much about the Americans. So I got. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, I mean, I th- that's all part of it. A, a much larger discussion, right? Of uh, mm. culture. Um, but um, I think one of the things that um, right, if you just look at it, like Europe is growing at much faster rate um in terms of uh, how many players they're getting out to stuff than the US um and one of and one of the big uh, reasons for that in my personal opinion is um you know like club based kind of stuff right like you have clubs um that will go and compete against each other in in Europe and i think whenever you're talking about um you know sport i think part of the whole thing is like you want to feel like you're connected to something right and if you want to talk about like the other things of like watchability and that kind of stuff it's so much easier to get invested in a team or an individual player or something like that when you have this kind of club background right like even if you have never seen roundnet before um but you go to you happen to stumble across a park where usc is playing against ucla like is not even knowing anything about uh, right the sport you can just immediately be like oh i'm invested like this is a rivalry i know these two schools don't like each other like i can see that it's the red team versus the blue team right like super basic stuff um and so i think um just in terms of like making it easier to get involved um i think that's just like a huge thing that i i think we could be doing such a better job of. Um, But I think one of the problems in the US is I think that people feel like there's this lack of incentive to really kind of get super invested in all of this stuff. I feel like one of the big things, and I'm pulling this one straight out of my, you know, out of my ass, like, I don't know. But like, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I feel like people in Europe, part of it is like, you know, they're super invested in like the culture and the community um, versus like in the US, it's like, well, what's the incentive for me continuing to play, right? Like there's not as much of, uh, there's not as much value placed on like, oh, I want to be part of this, right? Um, and so uh, I think that's um, a part part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah I, 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 I don't disagree at all. And um, yeah, I mean, we've had plenty of college versus club discussions previously with you know, Mike and Tops and Gavin when, when he was on the pod because it it really is a long lasting culture over a yeah. college round that's up that's you know four years then you're done and you know right. people still want to play round that like you know um i you know I, once i finish college I'm, i still want to play round it i want to go to a club you know i'll settle down have my have my bring my wife and you know go and we'll play pickup for you know uh, our sport on our tuesday evening you know i won't post as much and i'll just uh <laughs> live a happy life in the mountains of wherever country i'm living right yeah um and and that will be exciting and that i'll enjoy that um but that's not really on the cards because no one sees it being on the cards for anyone in the u.s because there's yeah one lack of chicken or egg right lack of incentive and then they're also um yeah um, lack, ambition lack or, of initiative yeah. yeah or initiatives in the starter club so yeah well and i think yeah. uh on top of that too it's like uh what i found is 
you know, like last year, um, Josh Frag, he tried to have a, a squads based tournament in California. Um, and I think we got like two squads signed up. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, it's, it's also, I think people have to be willing to kind of want to experiment <laughs> with stuff, right? Because if no one's willing to actually, you know, try out new things, then how are we supposed to figure out what, where we should be going with it? Right. Um, and I think um, that's, that's part of it as well. Yeah. What 100%. And I think everyone, I think I, I Again, I think the majority, this is why, you know, it's such a fun conversation because I think the majority of people out there do also recognize it's a problem. They just, they don't know how they could do something about it. And they also are not sure if they want to. Um, Hopefully, you know, people, if people do listen to this, um, that, you know, they're thinking about it a little more because even just your, your post, like, you know, made me think even more like, damn, I really, I do also really want to do this. Like, you know, even if it, nothing comes of it, I'm putting it out there. And and if it puts out there and nothing comes of it, well, hey, I'm sure at least a few people, one person, one person will yeah. either have another conversation about it or another person will watch it and be like, yo, damn, that looks fun. Let's, hey, let's, let's, let's get our 12 inch legs and let's play, you know? Yeah. Um, that's all you can hope for. Yeah. Set that initiative. Um, I'd love to talk with you if you got some more time yeah about uh, a couple of rules and equipment changes that we personally think before doing any testing that we think would be really interesting or beneficial just also so people could go away whether they want to record it or not test it to go and do it um because again just start this whole sort of cycle of let's let's see let's put it out there um yeah so i think it'd be best if we maybe start with equipment changes um sure before we go into rules even though rules are obviously the easier ones to implement because they don't require thousands of dollars of <laughs> in building a new mold or uh yeah you know, creating a new equipment but i do think um actually let's let's start on the rule side because i think that is more applicable and i think that's easier for people to then implement if they do want to test some of these things um, yeah so i think I have a few. I'm sure you have a few. So <laughs> I say if you want to do one and we can discuss it and then I'll do one and we'll discuss it. Yeah. And I'm sure there's probably going to be some overlap um, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that we've had similar thoughts or ideas. Um, you might have to bear with me for a second because I'm looking at my idea list and they're definitely not <laughs> like organized uh, at all. Um, uh, so you'll have to give me a second. Um, and then fine. the other thing that I want to say first um, as well is um, you know, I was talking to Ben about this earlier and it's just like, one of the things is, um, I just want to be, um, transparent about with this project too. Um, I don't necessarily want this to be like a project of like, Oh, like, you know, Tucker is testing like this and like, I want to do all of it by myself. And like, you know, I want to do it my specific way. Um, you know, as we kind of go through these things, right. Cause I know you are thinking about doing like your series as well, um, on, on YouTube, on your channel like the more people that we can get kind of testing things and invested in this sort of thing, I think the better, right. Um, mm-hmm. More collaboration is going to be, you know, the key to to kind of all of this. And also you get more data, which means your data is theoretically better. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so those, that's just something I wanted to put out there. Um, let's see in terms of um, rules here. Um, 
well, some of these are interesting because some of them are like totally different sports. Um, so the first, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, one of the first ones um, that I'll talk about that people have talked about before, and there's variations within this is just like, you know, 3v3, right? Um, have, playing the sport 3v3, um, one of the things with it, um, we kind of, at one of the um, California tournaments this year kind of afterwards we played a couple games of just messing around with this idea um but having it where it's 3v3 with uh each team has a rover um where that kind of like a libero um and Explain they that in one more term that doesn't you need it okay 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 so a libero in volleyball um it's like they're a defensive specialist um so mm-hmm. they they like wear a different jersey than the rest of the team um and there's certain rules about like where they like can or can't hit the ball from and stuff like that um and the main point of their position is they're a defensive specialist um I'm sure volleyball fans out there will tell me that something I just said was wrong, but more or less, that's the, <laughs> that that's the general yep. idea. Um, so having a Rover um, who can go out, only play outside of the seven foot circle um, unless they are setting the ball. Mm. Um, so that's kind of one variation um, that we've thought of. Why, why not just straight playing three V three? Just um, a, you could, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's another variation that we could definitely try, mm-hmm. test, see what happens. Um, the main concern that I have with doing 3v3 where there's like no limitations of where that third person can be is just how crowded um, it's going to get like close to the net and how many hinders and uh, that kind of thing. And also in terms of watchability, um, just like when there's that many people that close to the net, like to play defense, right? Then it's just, you're you're going to, it's not going to, be all that aesthetically pleasing to watch, or at least I don't imagine it would be, um, but maybe I would be wrong, right? Like we could test that and that might not be an issue, but my initial impression, uh, just thinking about it, is that that um, would be an issue. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then uh, this one has been done before. Um, you know, you talked about the like original spike house um, with how to route net back in Utah. Um, right. 3v3 with sides um i've heard some complaints about 3v3 with sides being um uh a little bit too predictable from the same kind of standpoint of like okay we know exactly who's setting and who's hitting and who's doing what on every single play so it can become a little um you know predictable too predictable yeah um but i still think it's something worth um trying out i just think then it that one you then lose the core element of 360, right? You and do. That's, that's, it's a that's the core element of of round net. Um, yep. So that that's a tough one. I again, I love to love. To, I'm just obviously just giving my plain straight back thoughts, right? No, it of course. Still be fun to test it. Um. Then it, but that just definitely pushes the barrier of is it still the the round net? And then again, how attached are we to what we know what round it is now versus what maybe round it will be in ten years? Right. But, yeah. I th- yeah. And, or, I, and then also to add on to your point on the the three v three, I mean, if I'm sure you heard of dot pool three sixty, like yes. they're doing, and they're, and they're doing it with brackets and three v three is like you know they're using all this information that we talked about in what would be best for round <laughs> and doing it with yeah. paddles and a table and they're gonna like you know go they're growing really quickly and they're doing really well because they can just change and adapt at a moment's notice and yeah it's yeah yeah um I guess a couple of things one so. 
I, yeah, I, I think three V three sides. I mean, it's a, you are playing a different sport at that point. It's not in, I mean, it's not really round net at that point. Cause I mean, you're, you're you have sides, right. <laughs> it's not three sixty. Um, but um, again, I think I personally, the way I'm approaching testing all of this is like, like, test everything. Why not? Like, what do you have to lose by testing every variation that you can possibly think of? Um, and if it sucks, it sucks. You know, if it's great, it's great. You know, if people enjoy it, people enjoy it. If they don't, they don't. Right. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's just kind of part yeah. of it. Um, the other thing I want to say is actually, um, uh, dot ball 360. Um, I, I should have mentioned this earlier when we were talking about all the other products that are out there. Um, I so I got to play dot ball um down in Orange County maybe a month or so ago. Um and I had a lot of fun. Um I I I I yeah, I genuinely had a lot of fun playing it. Um I think with uh one of the things one of my complaints would be that you have a bounce for every touch in the possession. Um and I do think that just kind of made it a little like it was slow um developing um and also just slow to watch and and kind of confusing honestly to watch um and so i think maybe switching it to like having one bounce per like possession um you know like you would in like a 4v4 two net kind of style mm -hmm. um i think doing something like that would make it better um but overall i enjoyed playing dot ball i don't know that i would say it's the future of the sport um, but I, I definitely enjoyed playing it. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll agree to, to all of that. I've played the same and I think a bounce of every touch is it's a great way for people who haven't defended 360 and also aren't that familiar with paddle sports, which is good because having us yeah. is like us with or without the no hit zone, you know, with a bounce for every uh, touch or position or every touch or only one bounce now, no hit zone, you know, for those who are right. more advanced. So yeah, I think it's also good that, you know, they're still testing it. And I still think they're open to um, ideas. And yeah, yeah, most people who are playing right now probably do need those extra bounces, even <laughs> if it does yeah. reduce that watchability a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess those are my first couple of um, that. That's my first kind of uh, rule mm -hmm. variation would just be 3v3s. Let's try it. I yeah, I I love it. Um, I, all of those I'd like to try. Um I think the one that interests me the most is the 3v3 with a aroma, as you said. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it would be it would be very interesting. Um, I think to then add on and put a couple more out there, um, one would be just to change the scoring system. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so a couple of ways you change that scoring system in in regards to one, if you just uh, have two serves each so everyone and Skylar was a massive massive uh, advocate of this way and just like table tennis when you play doubles he gets two serves they get two serves my partner gets two serves the other guy gets two serves and yeah. just go around no no one gets a hot streak you've got more of an incentive to put it on because you only get two serves so if you want to double yeah. fault in the first one and give him a free point you can if you want to go for a banger you can so depending on what stage of the game you're at might then depend on how hard you're swinging but yeah. start off the game most most players are pretty much all very likely just to put on a decent 70 or 80 percent serve um and then uh, yeah and then you're going to play you're going to get more you're going to get the potential for more rallies then um yeah and then also people are more locked in and getting more defensive reps does that solve everything no it definitely reduces double faults 
and decreases the amount of aces, which therefore more points are being played, which goes in the right direction. Will it lead to more defensive touches? Probably in the long, long term, but not in the instant uh, or the short term. So that's one way. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of that. I remember seeing Skylar uh, mentioning that on the Discord a while back. Um, and I, yeah, I absolutely, that's definitely one of the things that, that I want to try out for sure. Um, huge, huge fan of um, of that one. Um, and and uh, another one, just to, unless you have anything more to add on that one. No, no, go for it. Uh, so, so another one would be to either mix this with one of your ideas or, or another rule change, but just to make the game shorter. Uh, so you don't, th- why, like, let's be honest, why do we yeah. play to 21 now? It's because so much of it is dead time. You play a 22-minute game, but you got to remember that eight of those minutes are going to get balls and prepping between points, and another four of those 22 minutes are double faults. <laughs> um, and yeah. then you, the rest of the time is side outs or races or rallies. Um, and so I think if you have a lot shorter games, you increase the intensity of those points, which therefore means, Hey, we're only playing to 15 or we're only playing to 11. Like let's really, every double fall is then either like, you know, even massively marginalized because you only get X amount of serves during a game. And also, you know, that you're only going to have to absolutely die or you know give everything for x amount of defensive points versus when it's 21 it's like i wasn't quite there and that's why i didn't quite get the touch versus if it's 11 hey it's now and everything in every point it makes it more entertaining as a spectator more entertaining and exciting as a player so either pairing that with another potential rule or equipment change or just you know having it as a as a as an immediate rule change people will say oh but i don't get the chance to heat up and go on serving runs and and, and and again, if you compare it with two serves each for everyone and just do it like table tennis, maybe that could be also be enough to incentivize people. Does it change the gameplay massively? No, but it changed the incentive, which therefore means at least the statistics will go further in the direction that we'd hope they will in regards right. to less, less, less double faults and more potential rallies. Yeah, I think along the same kind of line of thought would just be going back to the old one serve rule, right? Instead of uh, two serves, you know, um, you you shorten the game significantly. There's way more, um, you know, either concentration that you have to put into that serve or, right, you know what I mean? Like there's so many variables that go into it. And so um, I think that the two serve rule, like I, I liked it when it came out for what we needed because at the time it was just not, the ball wasn't going on the net enough. But, uh, you know, Ben was telling me serve percentages were up this year. Um, I think that people have gotten better at the sport and I think that this would be a fair time to kind of look at, do we actually need two serves, <laughs> um, and see what that can do. Yep. Uh, I, I totally agree. Um, I think it could, could, could maybe be a similar thing to table tennis or tennis. I believe it's the same where if you hit the net and it, it, it lips yeah. up, you can get a let, or if you hit the net, it's a let, but if you miss the net completely on your first serve, that's your serve. Yeah, but if you hit the net, you maybe get a second serve. Maybe just a thought. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. But either way, sometimes you don't need to change the the, the equipment. You just need to change the rules that would therefore affect the player's incentive to do what they do. Right. Yeah. One one hundred percent. Um. All right. Let's see. What else? What else did we have over here? Um. I don't know if you've rules? ever. Yep. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if you've ever uh, played this way, but uh, I remember doing um, a tournament, a uh, racquetball uh, spike tournament um, with a bounce. This was way back. Uh, this was probably 2018, maybe 2019. Um, okay. Where, yeah, so you play... Uh, indoors in a racquetball uh court um and there's no no hit zone um and the ball can bounce off the wall and you get one bounce per possession uh for the teams um and i mean there's limits right to uh how far and how high the ball can get hit um so you add some restrictions in there but you also add the bounce and um honestly i i remember i haven't played in a long time but that was some of the most fun I ever had uh, playing the sport was uh, was doing racket spike. Um, so I think that would be uh, a fun one to test out again. Is that now shifting over to equipment? Because I that's I would say that's more of an equipment than a rule change. That's, and that's fair. not a problem if you want to shift over more. I was just wondering if you had any more rules before we went over to equipment. Yeah. No, again, my oh. list is just very not organized. And I just <laughs> saw that one and I saw bounce yeah, yeah, yeah. at the end of it. And I was like, that's, that's a change. So we can either one. I'm trying to look at how many more uh, different. I don't have any more personally changes. other than if we were to move back the service line again, or you'd make the no hit zone larger. Yeah. So I do have a couple then. Um, so one is, and I think, you know, um, somebody messaged this to me on, uh, the Instagram page about this was, yeah, just extending the size of the no hit of the no hit zone again. Um, which I both, I, I have mixed feelings about, but generally I like the concept, right. Of, yeah, the more off net you are when you're hitting the ball, you know, the, the easier it is to play defense. So I like the general concept, um, how it will actually play out in practice and, um, advantages or disadvantages it gives you based on things like height and that kind of thing. Um, we'd have to mess around with, right. And that's part of the testing process that we'd have to do mm -hmm. with it. Um, I'm just going to go through a list of these. Um, if you think you said you don't have any more on just, uh, straight. Yeah. Um, so there is that, um, um, again, totally different game, but I think everyone has played, uh, well, not everyone. A lot of people have had, have, uh, played two net with one bounce. Um, I played it yesterday for a couple of hours. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think there's a reason not to test it's that. Included, yeah. If, yeah. If I was, if, cause if, if, this is a funny thing. If I was trying to get somebody locked into round net, like if I mm -hmm. was starting a club and I had my first practice and some loads of new beginners that were mildly athletic coming from a sporting background came. Sure. I definitely wouldn't play pickup with them for an hour and a half. <laughs> zero chance. Yeah. The, zero, zero chance. Cause they, <laughs> I would play two net. Like I'd play two net for either half an hour, an hour. And yeah. just, you get all the same skills. You just get buffed on defense because you're four people. And right. it's just a whole lot of fun and more of a team atmosphere, like a perfect, like you, know, yeah. you see that in a park, you know, you go in the middle of a park in California or, you know, Austria and you just see eight people running back and forth to a net. You're like, damn, that looks genuinely exciting. Cause you know, Matt, no matter what time they look over, it's going to be entertaining versus two V two. It's like, 
oh, they're going to get balls again. Uh, oh, right. he, yeah, he just got aced. But what does that mean? Oh, it was a reverse cut. I was really sick. But nobody knows that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, I think that's one of the big parts of the uh, of the two net variation is also just the team aspect to it. Um, again, going back to the conversation we had earlier, I just think that adds a whole nother level of dynamic, both um, on like the personal side to it, but also the gameplay side of it. Um, I think making it more team-based um, might not be a bad um, switch. Um, so yeah, just another thing to kind of yep. put out there and test. Um, yep. Another rule change, and again, I think this one is kind of borderline different sport, but also still the same sport <laughs> um so if you think about like any other sport or most any other sport right like you have sides right and that's one of the things that makes round net interesting is you don't have sides but i think um one of the things that i found with like people who come up to you at the park right who are like oh what is this right it's really confusing <laughs> right because it doesn't work the way that any other sport you've ever seen works right um and while that has um a great curiosity uh factor to it that people like get engaged with it also makes it really confusing um mm -hmm. and so i think um one idea would be actually starting with sides right 180 like degree line have both teams on each side um and then having to have the first hit um, go to the other 180 degree line um, or like past that 180 degree line um, and then it can become 360. Um, and so part mm. of the idea, part of mm. the idea. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. So part of the idea is, you know, help people who are watching this for the first time, like see it and immediately be able to understand, oh, these people versus these people. Right. Um, you still have the curiosity aspect of like, oh, wait, they're going all over the place now. Right. But then um, on the other side of it, I think when the game is completely controlled, right, like when every single touch is perfect, um, offense is just easier. Right. Versus when the first hit, it's like you're forced to, you know, hit it onto the other side. Um, you have a much more limited range that you can hit it to. Mm hmm. Um, I think um, you're more likely to uh, cause a uh, an off touch, right? Um, and therefore, theoretically, more likely to create a rally um, off yep. of that. And so that's kind of the thought process with it. How that would actually work in practice, no idea. Um, that's part of why I'm doing this. <laughs> um, but I think uh, that's the concept with that one very yeah very interesting it gives me like um you know, the pickable vibes of having to return and then before um you have to return pickable you serve and then you have to return it before you no sorry it's paddle but i believe it's also similar yeah paddle is you have to return it before you can come forward uh and like and come to the net um I'm, is that, I'm, not, I'm not mistaken. It's also the same with pickleball. No, you have to return it before. I know it's the before that, like after a bounce, you can come inside the kitchen. But isn't it the same that you can't hit it on the volley? That's it. You can't hit it on the volley in pickleball from a receive of the serve. 
Yeah, that's a fantastic question for Preston. Um, I I've only played pickleball like twice. Um, so I'm pretty I, I now when but... I've played. Yeah, if if I serve and then you serve receive it back to me, I can't volley that serve receive. I have to let it bounce, and then I usually come forward. Then just my feet outside the kitchen, and we play a rally. That yeah. the, the sort of thought that you said of well, it just gets it gets it going. And having that line right. and saying, hey, you don't have 360 degrees on your first hit. You just have 180. I think it would definitely favor those people who can chawn it a long way. Um, even if it becomes predictable, they're going to chawn it. You can try and get their ascending touch on the way up. So that's still a difficult touch. But yeah. um, I'd still love to test it. Yeah, 180 degrees. Because what you're doing is you're going to be putting the, the hitter and the setter out of system. And we all know that. You know, right. The more out of system we are, the more likely a rally is going to occur. Yeah, um, I think I think it's also important for people to understand, like from a from a, a logic perspective, and why the sport is how it is. So I'm sure you know this too, but like just to put it nicely, it's like all we're ever trying to do in round net is to put on enough serving pressure to cause the opposition team to be out of system enough, so that the touch then becomes more predictable versus a 360 degrees touch. And the right. more pressure we apply, the more out of system they are. The more out of system they are, the easier it is for us to get a touch. Right. And and we've obviously lost that you know balance because it gets to the point of we can't we either put so much pressure on that we just get the ace, or we don't put enough pressure on and now they're just too balanced not but unbalanced enough and now it's too hard to get a touch. Right. Um. But I just wanted to mention that. But yeah, I do really like the one eighty idea on the first hit because that definitely does create out unbalance within the team yeah i think the the other thing that it does is um uh currently the team that's receiving the serve has the advantage theoretically right of uh you expect that team to get the point most of the time um and with this uh the team that's actually serving right is the first team that has the opportunity to actually hit the ball with 360 degrees um, and so the incentives are just a little bit different. Um, and so I think how that actually plays out, um, we'd have to test, but I think, um, mm -hmm. I just think that would be a fun one. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Do you have any more on the rules side before we discuss some about the equipment? Uh, let's see. Um, we'll go, we'll go one or two more and we'll yeah. save the other ones in case for another conversation. So it'd be nice to get to a equipment yeah. before yeah. Uh, turning into an <laughs> eight hour <laughs> yeah. conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh the last one that I'll throw out there, um, and I'm this one shouldn't be something that people haven't heard of before, but just having an outside boundary of mm -hmm. like how far uh the ball can actually be hit. Um yeah, that's yeah. the last one that I'll throw out there. Yeah, I think uh, plenty of people discuss this and I myself have thought about it quite a lot. But I just think uh, you have that outer boundary. It now makes the sport pretty difficult to become as, as accessible as it is. And that's one of the oh, perks yeah. of it. It's like, hey, oh, you want to play this sport? Yeah. Um, okay, now I have to draw lines and a service line. Oh, and yeah. I have to draw an out of bounds line. You know, I'm not playing yeah. you know, in, in, in massive areas, but not all people will do, of course, but you know, people will want to be like the what how the sports how the sport's meant to be played. And yeah. therefore when they get told they have to draw us out of bounds line, they'll be like, oh, I can't do that. I'm not playing anymore. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's that's a great point. And as an aside, that's also I think one of the reasons that we already have um, you know, issues 
with trying to convert like casual players, right. Who will mess around with their friends into like more competitive players is, you know, I saw this a lot, like with our club at college, like the second we started pulling out lines and painted stuff, they're like, what? Like, there's a, what, what does a no hit zone? Why that's dumb. Like not that, you know? And so mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, I think part it's of the goal balance. should be, t- it's a, it's a tough balance. Um, that's all. Yeah, it's the same as drawing lines on on a football field or a soccer field, yeah. right? It's like you play in the park, and then suddenly people are drawing lines, and they're oh, you have to do. I mean, I think it's the same in a round. If you've never seen it before, you're going to be yeah. a little bit maybe against it. That comes back to the conversation of culture and tradition versus innovation right. and improvement, right? Um, but yeah, uh, to to then move on to to yeah. to equipment because. And the reason I wanted to cover the rules first is because they're things that anyone and everyone who's listening to this podcast could try out the last 30 minutes of their session or or, or in the beginning of their session, wherever. It's still You're right. still practicing the core elements around it when you play 3v3 or 4v4, 2-net 4v4 or 180 of one of yeah. sides. You're still, you're still playing. You're actually probably getting more repetitions, maybe less of serving and serve receive, but you're getting so many more repetitions and touches than you do if you just play an hour and a half pickup. Yeah. Um, but to move on to equipment, because there's a lot of things that could also be done on the equipment side. And to to start it off, I would just love to mention that when we had Jeff on the podcast, Jeff Nurek, the, the um, original creator of the, the sport and uh, Spikeball, he, uh, he told us when he first made the set, he didn't know, uh, he didn't know what, like he didn't think of the physics and imagine, you know, Joe Bondi and Wilbur Coney and 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 Ryder and uh, Thomas Hamilton playing on it, you know, competing yeah. 30, 30 years, 40 years down the line. He just created it and it was six, it was 36 inches in diameter because that was the size of the hula hoop that he was using to build the prototype. And then when he yeah. built the net on it and how tall it was, we, we were eight inches now, I believe it's eight inches. And it's like, Oh well, yeah, that was just a nice height that I chose, and the ball, the the diameter and the circumference of the ball, yeah, that that bit, I think it's three point five inches. Well, that's just because, or four inches, I think it is. But it's like that's just because that's how I made it. Like there yeah. was no <laughs> thought, yeah, real deep thought. It was just a backyard game that he made, and we're so grateful that he did make it and create it. And it's just important that we put out there that like we've now got all really good at this somewhat uh, good in, in <laughs> citation marks uh, of this sport that, that is made from someone with like, you know, just a, a thought and an idea over 30, yeah. 40 years ago. And now it's turned into this, like it can be changed to improve it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And, and so I think we should tackle each bit of equipment at a time i think that's probably the best way right sure. so if we start from the the bottom down and we say and we say the legs again when it was decided it was eight inches it was like well it's just eight inches no one decided what what why it should be eight inches and i think what's really important when we discuss equipment is that we really need to understand both the physics and also how it changes the ability of the game, like the ceiling. Because, of course, if you, like, too many people sometimes just say, oh, make the ball bigger because it will make everything easier. Or just make it a taller net so I don't have to bend as low on on, 
on defense. And now, although those sort of statements are true, there's also other things that need to go into it. Like if you raise the legs, let's say, because we're going to the topic of legs, you raise the legs from eight inches to what has been also called 12 inches would be a nice, nice range. Well, yes, mm. it means you wouldn't have to get as low as quickly on body defense. So body defense definitely would be improved. But also hitting would become much easier because we have to remember that when the no hit zone got involved, our reach over the net now became ridiculously reduced. We have to now improve our footwork as athletes in order to extend our reach. Well, with a heightened net, our reach now gets extended, improved, without having to have great footwork. So right. hitting would then become easier. And I think that's also something that people sometimes miss when they when we do changing one thing doesn't just now make defense easier. Like hitting will become easier. Serving, like the project like the average height of a serve will be higher because the average net of of, oh, the average height of the net is higher right um and therefore serve receive would be easier because again the average height is higher yeah and, yeah and it doesn't well, change too much in regards to setting because the, the, the it's not changing too much in regards to landing zones it's just changing the height sure and i i think the other aspect of it too is just like you know it, you're it's going to force rule changes as well Right. Like if this if the set's higher, right, because we've, you know, made the legs four inches taller, you're going to get more high serves. You know what? You know, all of a sudden, like it, it changes so much. Are, are people going to have to change like it? You know, like even if you just raise the height of the of the net now, like the way that people serve might have to change. Right. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, we have now developed as athletes, like the muscle memory of like, okay, this set is eight inches off the ground. This is how, where my point of contact needs to be. And all of that, all of a sudden, like that gets sent back. Right. And so uh, those back, are all not ruined. Just... Correct. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, those are all just every, yeah, I agree with you that you really do need to, um, kind of think through, um, all of the things that you're doing at the same time. Um, I think at this point, like at this stage that we're at with the, with the sport, I think we also just need to try things like, <laughs> right. Um, mm -hmm. Cause I think, right. We can, there's obviously, um, you know, we can have endless conversations on what theoretically each change should or would do. Um, but the only way we're actually going to know is doing it right? Trying it. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, I feel like where one of the issues with our community has been is we've had, I've seen like, you know, hundreds of conversations and overheard oh, hundreds yeah. of conversations about, Oh, well, if we just had a bigger ball and if we just did this and if blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, but mm -hmm. then nothing actually happens. <laughs> um, and so like, that's part of this too, is like, no, like, let's yep. just, let's just whatever, go out, test it. Um, yeah, that's part of, uh, that's part of my uh, philosophy on this as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, we can we can do hypotheses all day and, and speculate <laughs> yeah. what they would or could do. And although it's good to have that initial thought in mind, you won't know until you actually test it. And again, yeah. hopefully, and of course, these equipment changes are harder to test than rule changes. But I still yeah. hope that some people are. I mean, I played with the the spike ball rookie legs on a spike ball set just to <laughs> increase the height. It was yeah. fun. It was yeah. fun. Like it made it easier, and it was just that. And it's like. Yeah, it's hard for every. It's harder to test those things, but it's, it's still worth doing because people might enjoy it a lot more. 
Um, but moving on from the legs, right? So the next thing that we could discuss in regards to the rule or regards to the equipment is the diameter of the net. Um, yep. it's 36 inches. Now, again, for no particular reason, was it 36 inches other than the, the hula hoop that uh, Jeff Nurek used <laughs> when he created the first Bible set? And yeah. from, uh, Again, because all we're going to do is speculate. We don't know because we'd have to test it, but I'd love to test it because if we were to make it smaller and let's say 32 inches, well, it would make hitting harder because you have less squares available to you. And we know that the less squares we have available, the harder it is because you now can't get the same hits of a 36 inch net because you don't have the squares in that direction. So, so hitting becomes harder setting becomes harder because you need to be more precise on which square that would land in to still get an on net versus off net set etc um it would also make serving a lot harder because it's getting a, a percentage reduced uh which yeah. would also makes serve receive easier because there's less ground to cover because the maximum range of a serve will be reduced mm-hmm. um, and defense will become easier because less angles and options are now available to a hitter with a reduced net size like right. all good things theoretically. Yeah. Um, out of curiosity, um, when Premier Spike had their prototypes, did you get to play on one of their 32 inch uh, prototypes? I did, and I do I have it at home still. Um, I like it. Uh, when we played on it, <laughs> it resulted in a lot of um a lot of pockets, uh, because yes. you were used to hitting on a 36 inch net, so your margin for error was a lot smaller. So if you had, let's say, five inches on a 36-inch net and you went for this little intricate flick push, well, now yeah. you only have two squares. And if you go for the same right. intricate flick push, well, it's going to now hit those two squares, hit the rim, roll up, and now become a defensive touch. So it, you need to adapt or accept right. that you're going to roll up, which we basically what we basically felt like intermediate hitters because that's what we see in intermediate <laughs> divisions when people, you know, their technique isn't quite there. They don't maybe hit it that yeah. low to the net and therefore their input or their exit contact is going now diagonally into the rim a lot of the time because, yeah, not here, sometimes hitting low enough and enough squares in the net. But I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The reason I asked is because um, that's one of the things that I want to test the most, like out of anything is the smaller diameter net. Um, and that was as a result of playing on the premier spike uh, prototype. Um, I, <clears throat> I remember when uh, premier spike was starting and I was like, Oh man, like this is really interesting. Like this is a totally new like product that I think like, you know, I would invest in just because it's something different um, than what we have. <clears throat> and um i remember when i was playing pickup on it there were there was two things i found i just like found interesting right is one like how much muscle memory we've all developed at this point on the 36 inch diameter you know there were shots where i would like you know go for a flick and then i would just miss the net by like an inch and i was just like huh th- <laughs> there's usually net there right uh you know things like that um but also, yeah, the two biggest like things that I noticed when I was playing on that is, yeah, serves like didn't go as wide, um, and um, uh, defense like it felt just so much easier because it was just like, oh, hey, I don't actually have to worry about these angles that I would have to worry about before, right? Mm-hmm. And so you just have a better chance on defense, um, and so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think part of that, right, to your to your point, is 
we haven't figured out how to hit on that yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Um, but part of it was like actually like sitting there playing defense, reading the play and going, Oh, you actually don't have that option. Right. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's definitely something I, um, am excited to, to try and test more. Yeah. And I think to add to that, it was also really exciting because it also really emphasized setting, which, I yeah. feel is underrated, you know, is the biggest underrated skill of all the skills in round net because people yeah. like, you know, because hitting is so overpowered both in, in in degrees and also height. So therefore, you know, reducing that that diameter means that that set is even more, even more important. You want to yeah. hit back, you want to have 360 degrees. Well, you know, you've got to really aim and make sure you get it on that bullseye. And if you don't, right. that, that sweet spot, you know, it's even smaller than it, than it was on a, on a, on a 36 inch net because it's, yeah. it's reduced, it's reduced in size. So I really did like that aspect of it too. Um, yeah. Yeah. B- big fan, big fan yeah. of the 32 inch net. Yeah. The only thing I wasn't sure about was, um, we, uh, you know, we got some insane pockets on that net. Um, and, um, I say insane from the standpoint of like, just if you had hit the mm-hmm. same ball into a spike ball set, it would not ever bounce that way. And so I remember there were points where we would just start cracking up. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's mm-hmm. a ridiculous thing to happen. Um, and so I'd be curious testing it more, seeing how much of that is a, the diameter of the net, B, if it's just the way that the premier spike net is set up versus a spike ball sets net, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, testing those kind of uh, like other factors as to um, all of that stuff. Or if it's also just ultimately a matter of we just have to get better at hitting, which is probably what it's going to end up being. <laughs> or, or, or worse at hitting, go for safer shots and not as hard shots, which is, again, subjective, sure. better or worse. <laughs> sure. Instead yeah. of going for those two squares, which we would have, we go for those you know 10 that we have for the pool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I totally agree. Um, yeah, and then to then move on, I guess, to the next one, um, or to the next idea would be... To, to actually have a standardized net tension and right. have that net tension not so tight that it you can't just boom it into oblivion whenever they want it. Because I'll even see it now. Like I'll see some pro games and the the the, the net is so tense, so yeah. tense that you won't believe. That obviously re- affects the output speed of serves and the projection of, of balls when, when hit on it. And then right. I'll see another pro game that the net does not look as tight whatsoever. And then right. of course you're then more likely to get roll-ups um and pockets because it's not as tight, but then it's harder to boom because you don't get the same spring from right. from hitting a ball projection or projection-wise down and diagonal into the net and away. So just having a just just having a standardized net tension <laughs> for now and, and agreeing what as players what we want that to be. And maybe just having it either looser or, hey, if you want to do down the really tight line, go down the tight line. Because all we have now is you drop it and, oh, it hip height. But right. that's when you drop it in the middle. And the one thing I love about <laughs> Premier Spike is that the net tension feels so much more consistent across the whole net versus right. a spike ball net. There's a reduced amount of hooks and it doesn't feel as consistent right. all the way around. So if you drop it in the middle, you got to remember that if it's like 30% or let's say 60% tensed in this back pocket, and 90% tensed in this front pocket. Well, of course, when you get in the middle, it's like, oh, nice, 80%. But it doesn't mean it's like 
perfect all the way around and we don't really test all the way around we just test usually the middle <laughs> yeah yeah i mean and also i mean when you're just talking about like the current spike ball pro sets that are used at like the sts events um you know it's also things like okay well if you start tightening the net as much as you can you're going to start warping that net as well right and then you got a pringle looking thing as your as your net that you're playing on and uh what you know what are we doing right that's again just one of those things where like you think bigger picture like where are we at as a sport like mm -hmm. ah, it's just moments like that where it's like all right what are you know what are we really ah, doing here exactly uh, ah. you know like What's is this it, ah. you know it's like it's like how real is this uh and so um i definitely agree that having um a standard uh standardized net tension like if we're, if we're talking about, you know, legitimacy and, you know, mm. that kind of thing, like uh, we should absolutely have that. Uh, but also, you know, even experimenting with what type of material we want for the net, right? Because, you know, the the mammoth set obviously has a different type of material um, mm. and, well, I mean, and a different type of ball and all of that kind of stuff. And so, um, yeah, experimenting with different materials uh as well i think is something that uh we could get into it'd be very difficult to test especially without resources and money which i don't have <laughs> um but sponsor us, sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Let's but your money um, to experiments around it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes all of the all of the money that all of the uh, yeah everyone in the community has you know um yeah. so all these broke college kids please send yeah. us your, your yeah, Starbucks send, money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah so but no i agree changing the material of the net changing the material of the net i think also get like the mammoth set is slower and i think that's not again i haven't personally played but this yeah. like the, the the spring and the tightness of the net is obviously less than a the spiteful set but it also feels as if the material or looks because again, I haven't played, but looks from that material, it means that the ball comes off slower because it takes more energy out of the ball once the friction is made of the ball to the net, which therefore easier to read and get a touch because the reaction time needs to be less. Talking more, yeah. you know, physically or scientifically, but yeah, I mean that could also be great. Maybe we just maybe everything we have is great. We just need yeah. a net that's much slower and reduces the amount of you know the maximum boom capacity so it's easier to defend yeah heights as it is 360 yeah i think i think what's going to end up being really tough about you know everything with the net is you know you don't it, it's just a really hard thing to actually get right i feel like like I, um mm -hmm. it, from the standpoint of you know you want to have the net be loose so that you can't hit the ball a million and a half feet away, but also you don't want it so loose that every single serve is a pocket, like, you know, at least with like, yep. you know, the spike ball set. And so it's just, it, it's a really hard uh, thing to kind of figure out what the balance is on that. And so my initial impression is that, that that's part of why, right? Like we want to look at kind of other variables first just because they're easier and less expensive to kind of test <laughs> um yeah, but yeah. that isn't to say that that's not an important thing um to test because i think that's one of the biggest um factors yeah i i agree i agree for sure um that then i guess before we move on to the ball i think the last thing to discuss on the net is a potential um rim raiser as we've seen on the revo set where there is a heightened rim so mm -hmm. that 
entry contact on the net has to be from a higher point, which therefore means that it's now easier to predict the hits because again, like the principle of hitting, right? The lower you let the ball drop on the net, the more options you have available to you because you now get right. squares in different directions. Well, if you're forcing players to now hit always at least six inches above the net, well, now you don't get that nice little flick open that you could get in the opposite direction because you have to contact it X squares or X inches above the net. So now it's easier to defend. Of yeah. course, too much. And now you take away some athletic plays from the game because you know you don't get to dive and con no one's diving and trying to hit a hit a diving pool when they have to make contact you know 15 <laughs> inches above yeah. the net yeah um, but that's also something to potentially play around with um and test very hard to test as well though yeah um just because I, I, I realized it as you were saying that I, I have a thought on that, but one last thing about the net before it escapes my mind is also, mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the things that also makes it so difficult is right. You want to make it loose so that you don't get boom, like, you know, insane boom balls that you can't defend, but also you still want the ball coming off the net at a fast enough pace that it's still entertaining and impressive, mm -hmm. um, to get a defensive touch versus you know it's just so slow that it's like oh yeah you probably should get a defensive touch right um but going back to um the the raised rim so that's something like i've thought about a lot um especially because so i think uh i'd love to talk to charles about this specifically because i know uh, or at least i'm pretty sure he's taken some data about um about uh, raising the the rim a little bit and i think the revol um the Revol set, I think it's raised a little too much. Um, but um, my, like the first time I thought about it was actually playing on spike bright um, <laughs> because mm -hmm. yeah. like, you know, I mean, like part of it is like, you know, we were kind of messing around, but then the other part of it is I was like, Oh dude, like you can't hit simul every single time. Like you currently can, <laughs> or, or, you know, like you, you just, you can't because you're going to say that loud. No, let's put it out there. We all know it's true. You you know. Simon <laughs> um, definitely occurs more than we think. Yeah. Yeah. Or more than um, the plane observer thinks, yes. Um and so, well, A, you just I mean, you can't do that. A, you're gonna break your hand. Uh, <laughs> uh mm -hmm. but also, yeah, just the entry point of the ball to the net. Um, and I think that is super impactful, both obviously on hitting, but also on serving, right? Like yeah, you know, to try and hit the channel perfectly from this really wide angle when you're stepping out, the ball has to come in at a really low, uh, you know, point of entry there. And so I think, well, if you if you put a little slight raised rim there, you can't hit that. Um, makes hitting you have to move further a little in more towards yeah, you move further yeah. in towards central, which yep. then before means the maximum range of a server is reduced. That's exactly. Yeah, to server receive. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so. I I actually love the idea of raising that rim slightly. Um, and so, I mean, that's one of the things I want to test for sure is just putting the spike bright like barrier on top of the rim, like as it currently is, and just trying it out, seeing seeing what happens. I think I remember Preston telling me, I don't know if it was on air or off, but I think he remember me telling me that he uh, put rims, like just, just oh no, that was it, Skylar. It's just zip tied rims together. Mm-hmm. So just had two spike ball rims, boom, and then put one in, and that was it. And then if yeah. you wanted to do three, you'd have three rims. Um, yeah. And I can't remember what he said about it, but I'm, I'm sure he tested it. It'd be interesting to see what he 
said about it if i send him a message afterwards mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i think um it's funny when we're talking about equipment changes and kind of like how to test these things right because uh while i love the idea of testing the raised rim right like you know how accurate is it going to be zip tying three spike ball you know rims on top of each other to a net you know what i mean uh that's where the yeah, stuff yeah, gets yeah. funny uh but i think um hey that, when and, they and, first tried the no hit zone they just had jumpers around the net Oh so, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's the video a long time ago of uh, Preston trying it out, mm -hmm. and he just has towels around the net, and they're like, "Yeah, exactly. just don't go in the towels." And <laughs> yeah. um, so it's like, yeah, it's 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 funny, but again, going back to the moral of uh, a lot of this here, just like big picture, like we're not as far along as we think we are, uh, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so, uh, but that's also part of why I think that the right the um, the spike bright like piece of equipment already exists. Um, uh, and so I, that's the first way that I'm going to try it is just like, that's a simple one to just snap on top of it. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm definitely curious how, how that affects everything um, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That then uh, brings us on to the last topic uh, or last uh, point of discussion, which everyone has been waiting for a, a bigger bull. Um, and again, with all these things, I think rules, it comes down to incentive. What incentive does that rule then change for the player? As well as, of course, how does it change the five fundamental skills around that? But on the equipment side, it's mainly how does it change the five fundamental skills around it? All the ones we've discussed so far, a different net material, a raised rim, a smaller diameter, a heightened set, they all make changes to setting, hitting, serving, serve, receive, defense. And in a good way, of what is why we've potentially, again, we're only sub subjectively thinking, but we'd hope in a yeah. good way, which is why we're suggesting them. And same thing with a, with a ball. What would a larger ball do? We have now, I think it's four inches, might be three and a half, and I believe the rally ball is four, if I think I'm correct. Um, but four inches. Um, and I only say the rally ball because I also think that's a, just a decent size that came out, out of the blue and no one's really done any testing on it since. I did some yeah. testing when it first came out and it was it was enjoyable. Um because with a larger ball, it 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 makes it harder now to to serve. Sorry, it makes it harder now to serve because the ball is bigger, it's slower, and it yeah. now has the maximum amount of speed like is going to be reduced because it's heavier. Now on and then on the opposite side of the spectrum, serve receive is now easier because it's a larger object. It's not this tiny object that hardly fits in your hand. It's much larger, right. easier to get a piece of contact on and track. And also slower because it's larger and more air resistance when coming in and out of the net, right? And then it also makes it easier to defend because it's if it's a larger ball, it takes up more of a surface area on the net when hitting. So just like we talked earlier about a smaller diameter on the net, if you go for your two square push on on a, on a set, if you now do that with a ball that's now bigger than a pro ball, again, more likely that you're going to hit a rim or roll up because you need to have more squares available to then hit that shot so that it doesn't right. dip up because the ball itself is larger. So uh, easier on defense because it's less options by the hitter. It may, could argue that it makes it somewhat easier as a hitter to to grab and have hand contact because it's a larger surface area. But that's a small trade-off for making a ball heavier, won't go as far by big booms, and also it now making it you know more predictable in the shots the hitter has available to them. Plus setting is probably more consistent and easier because 
just by increasing the size, it makes it, you know, more consistent in the area you want to contact it in your hand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the bigger ball um, concept does a lot, right. And you kind of just hit on all of it. I think the other big thing it does is right. When you're on serve receive, you have like an extra split second to kind of get to your spot. Right. So I, I mean, I don't know how much experimenting you've done with the bigger ball. Um, I've never taken any stats or data on it, but I've tried it out a couple of times. And every time that I, that I've tried it, it's been like, Hey, this is, this is fun. I like this. Um, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's necessarily as kind of like game changing game breaking as like people think, um, it, will be mm-hmm. um like I, I think the first time i ever did it um i was playing with trevor and dean and somebody else and it might have been victor uh victor ho actually uh one of the og spike players and um i like initially first game i was like oh man like everyone's pretty bad at serving like we all kind of suck and then second game trevor was you know back to hitting his bangers right um but the biggest like difference was you had time to actually like react and part of that's a skill issue, right? I'm sure if you took like, you know, Fred, right. He would be able to, I mean, obviously he is able to already react extremely quickly to whatever serve is coming at him. Um, But it just gives you that extra split second to not only recognize, but also control better Mm -hmm. um, on serve receive. Um, Yeah. I think honestly, while I love the idea of the bigger ball, I also think that like maybe even before we get to the bigger ball, we just need like a consistent, like not crappy ball. <laughs> um, you, you know, no, that's another thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, although I completely agree. Yeah. Um, because that's, again, if we're talking about how far our sport really is, it comes back and, and humbles us because we have balls that some that of plastic, mold some are of rubber some are smaller (laughs) some are in just overheating and they're becoming so large during a game a a day that it just becomes ridiculous um like that's that's a problem and like a a thing (laughs) we've created like in the sport like i don't know of too many other sports that like had had this sport and then suddenly are now fighting something that they created themselves like we're trying to make our sport better and like do these and get these statistics better but on the other hand we don't even have a consistent ball like that's literally from coming from a soccer background that is crazy to me like it's literally (laughs) the most insane thing ever like i can never get two spike balls at a tournament at the exact same crazy Yeah. yeah I don't have anything else to say about it. I don't think I mean, like it's just, it is crazy. I mean, I'll add on this. I'll add on this. I had this uh, conversation with Adam Porter, who lives with me and Jack's the other day. And he said, he asked me, he said, Scott, so if premier spike was on the scene before spike ball and premier spike was just in a hypothetical world, they were on the scene, but then spike ball came out with their products. What would happen? I said, people would laugh at them. They've, they've brought a, a inferior product to the market for both the competitor and just the normal average consumer. Like if I'm just a normal average 90% player, of course the price puts me up a little bit because it's more expensive than a weekend or a standard set. 
but also, you know, it's never going to look like a Pringle. It's a tiny bit heavier, but more consistent. It doesn't move. Like, but then the bigger thing was the ball. Like, if we'd all be playing with premier spike balls, like for the last seven, eight years, and then spike ball came on the scene and somebody gave me a spike ball, I'd be like, mm, no, it's a little bit lighter. I don't like it. Mm, no, well, this one's plastic and this one's because I mean, why from what from all the feedback and my own personal experiences, the balls are consistent with premier spike. Like some are actually a t- some are a tiny bit smaller than others, which isn't great. But that's also the same case with the spike ball. So I don't want to say, oh, this is good and this is bad. They're both not optimal. But I'm just saying again, I'm putting this thought out to you that in a the- theoretical world, if or hypothetical world, I should say, if Premier Spike was on the scene six years ago and then Spike Witch came to market, no one would be playing on a Spike Ball set in the competitive scene. No one would be playing with a Spike Ball in the competitive scene. The only reason we're all still playing with Spike Balls right now, like the actual ball itself, is because we know that's what tournament's going to be played on and therefore don't want to change to a slightly heavier or slightly, you know, slightly different ball to because we're used to and we know that we're going to play on this this spike ball or with a spike ball in tournaments yeah well i think i mean obviously part of it is that but then uh, the other part of it is you know sync spike ball was their first right like that's just each community like leader that's what they have right they have 20 mm-hmm. spike ball sets and a thousand spike balls and that's yes. what it's gonna be because unless premier spike is gonna start sending all of those same people, 20 premier spike nets and a thousand, you know, premier spike balls, then there's not really like, there's not really a huge incentive to actually switch currently. Um, and for like the individual, you know, local community organizers. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, you're not wrong. I think, I mean, it's a totally different discussion, <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah you're not what wrong. I want to dive into too much more, just more just a, Hey, it's, put it out there yeah with that being said though um i i actually loved the uh the mammoth set ball uh once like really? when you have yeah when you have that inflated properly um i i actually really liked it um so that ball one of the things that's interesting um it has a bladder inside of it um which keeps it uh you know consistent uh, right same way soccer ball same way as the volleyball etc cetera, etc cetera. um and um i think in terms of like trying to make a ball consistent that's like a tried method throughout many a sports um that that you know works that ball looked more professional um in my opinion than a current spike ball um and it felt better and more consistent in the hand um again i think the biggest issue that i had with it was like you know um it was inflated like at different levels and some levels being incorrect at the uh, championship uh, Sunday event with it. Um, but when it was inflated properly, I actually really, really liked that ball. Uh, with that being said, I don't know how the material of that ball would fare on like the current like net material that's used on Premier Spike or a Spike Ball Pro set. Like, I, I you know, that material that's mm-hmm. on that ball might get ripped up and you know whatever but um, that's exactly what skyler said when they said they were creating the ball for the mammoth set they said look are we trying to create a ball for round net or are we trying to create a ball for the mammoth set because if you want to get the best if you want to get the best product for the product of the mammoth set then maybe that's not the best product for a ball that would work on all round net sets 
And right. now you're putting yourself in a tricky situation because I mean, yes, people are going to test it, play with it, use it unless they do the mammoth set and people aren't going to dive right. in the mammoth set unless it's, you know, hitting these criteria uh, that, right. that we d- discussed earlier. So, yeah, right. Tough one, but interesting. I'd love to, I'd love to test it and especially the ball. Um, I'm very open. Uh, it looks interesting. I'd have to try it before I have any more opinion on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. Um, but yeah, so I guess all of that to say in general, I'm a fan of the bigger ball, theoretically. The times that I've played with it, I've enjoyed it. Um, I didn't think that it like, you know, made it so that people couldn't get aces or, you know, made it so, you know, anything like that. I think, you know, in terms of what I was talking about at the beginning of kind of trying to switch that balance uh, a little bit into defenses, maybe a little more possible uh, relative to serving in order to get breaks. Um, It kind of achieves some of that. Um, But yeah, I think, (laughs) but yeah, before we even get there, I mean, a consistent ball might be a good place to start. Uh, Consistent ball, net tension, material of the ball, inflation level of the ball. (laughs) Just generally legitimizing, uh, you know, the sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's tears of tears of joy and and, and <laughs> no, it's <laughs> it's painful laughter. Um no, I I I hundred percent agree. And it it's obviously I, I'm very passionate about it and I know you are too in regards to trying to at least move it in the right direction. You know, at least it's I would like like to think it's a multiplying effect. That's all you can ever do. Me and you can have a conversation, but hopefully at least by, you know, some people listen to this, they might be like, hmm, interesting. I might try that three now idea. Oh, sorry, yeah. three person, three on three idea. Or I might try the rookie legs on the spike ball set idea, you know, and then yeah. hey, put put it, just at least start a stigma of yeah. testing and getting this going. That's the biggest right. thing I'd love to like help you accomplish in this idea when I saw the post, just try to get a stigma and like we all sort of know it's around it's not what we want there's so many ideas out there of how we get it more towards the way we would like and get more sponsors and spectators and more interest and get it to become bigger and then fast track it to the olympics but we all have our fair due in how we could do and help that and yeah some of these ways and testing it is a great way to get involved no matter where you are who you are yeah and i'd say i mean if anybody adds up listening to this and is invested in this, you know, feel free, please do reach out. Uh, if you have ideas that you either want to test yourself or want us to test. Um, and also if you like some of the ideas that we talk about and you're like, Hey, I really want to test that. And you do test it. Um, please reach out. Cause I think, you know, turning this into a collaborative community effort where we can get more data um, have more people engaged and involved in it, you know, that kind of thing. That's only going to help us um, as a community and as a, a sport that's trying to grow. Right. Like I, again, like I said at the beginning, like I'm really not trying to do like a, this is my project and I don't want anybody else help. Like, no, like I, I want this to be a collaborative effort. And so um, yeah, please, uh, please do reach out um, whenever, whenever you guys have ideas. Yeah. Mm. Love it. Love it. Um, I don't really have too much to add. Really enjoyed talking to you. Um, always nice to talk about these sort of things, bigger picture sort of things. Um, yeah, I really do hope people are listening and uh, listen and 
thought that it would be fun to try some of the stuff. But yeah. Who knows? I'm sure it, you know Spotify is a lovely place. I'm sure these this conversation will be recorded, put on there, and in five ten years time we can look back and see us playing on a elite mammoth set. I don't know. You never know. Yeah. Or or we'll look back and we'll laugh and go, wow, that was imagine thinking that was a good idea you know you never know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. i agree all right um cool then i'll let you um get on your drive down to trevor yeah or up yep. to trevor down up uh down down to trevor we're trying to we're trying to uh get our first uh 200 today we're trying to we're trying to pr so we'll see <laughs> your first 200 in what in in bowling Oh, in bowling. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, My first two hundred. I forgot what you was going down there. For I was like, "What are you guys doing?" You guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. Well, it was it was great. Uh, great talking to you. I really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, would love to keep talking more. And you know, I could talk about uh, Roundnet and you know where it's at and you know ideas that we have for the next year. So mm. feel free to reach out whenever. Sounds good. No, I appreciate appreciate the chat and uh, really enjoyed the combo. I'll, we'll keep right. in touch and uh, yeah. All right. Sounds Enjoy good. Enjoy the bowling sesh. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great rest of your night. All right. See you later. See you.